Welcome to season two of A Very Mindful Podcast. I'm your host, Aurelian. Let's jump right into it. When engaging in mindfulness training, this course, as well as many others, uses Vipassana, which is translated from Pali to mean insight meditation. That is why in the previous episode, I kept insisting that there's so much more to meditation than just being a way to relax. So the question then is, what insights, if any, are we supposed to make upon meditating? I mean, it is true that from the outside, it can seem a bit like an empty pursuit, observing the breath, becoming aware of thoughts rising and then letting them go. Are these exercises really supposed to tell us something deeper about ourselves? Well, the answer is a resounding yes, and quite profound insights at that. What insight meditation tries to do is reveal the nature of experience, you know, the experience of being you in this moment. And if you think that such insights are straightforward to make, then think again. Now, it's often recommended by meditation teachers in certain traditions to come into contact with these insights through the practice of meditation itself. Therefore, they are said to be made all by themselves, by simply giving up on all effort observing inner processes that have been there all along, right in front of your eyes, without you ever having taken the time to notice them. So some traditions prefer not to spoil the fun and leave you to make them independently. But then again, I know for a fact that you haven't meditated regularly, not really if we're being honest with ourselves, and I'm maybe even on the fence of continuing if you started at all, as why else would you be here? But rest assured, If what I am able to put into words strikes an interest in you, then know that what awaits you in practice is so incomprehensibly more beautiful that it would leave you in tears if you knew. And I include myself in this picture. So with high expectations set and nowhere else to hide, here are a few core insights that open up a whole universe to us that we may have overlooked our entire lives. Really, the deceptively easiest but perhaps most crucial step is something I mentioned in the first theory episode, but overwhelmingly deserves to be repeated. Ultimately, we are the product of our minds. Whether it's arguing with a friend, watching a movie, worrying about work, parking a car, reading an article, or learning how to play a new song on the keyboard, what makes these things even real for you in the first place is how they change your state of consciousness. In other words, how they affect your mind. In the end of the day, it is not necessarily what happens in the outside world, but how things translate into mental events that shape how you feel from moment to moment. Does this mean we no longer need to look left and right before crossing the street because cars are purely mental fabrications? Of course not. As ridiculous as it may sound, I have to make this clear because this is the point at which ill-intentioned people have and will continue to try to convince others of the most nonsensical beliefs and ideologies out there. But last I checked, heavy objects can still hurt you, though hopefully thinking about how heavy objects can trample you doesn't rank high in your list of worries, or else you should probably see someone about that. So as much as we're entranced by the physical world surrounding us, the entire other half of what determines our experience on this planet, or perhaps constituting an even more important portion of the pie, is determined by the way we perceive those things. And yet, this is the part that is usually left completely unexplored, like the unexplored depths of the ocean 
as compared to the conquered land. Now, this probably seems obvious enough to you, but really, this is the foundation on which we can later walk on our way to deeper truths about the mind. So, if this does make sense to you, congratulations, you have officially stepped further still than the Stoics in ancient Greece of the likes of Marcus Aurelius. So, what does it matter that, essentially, the world isn't set in stone, and changes depending on how we perceive it to be? The answer is everything. This core truth lends itself to the second big insight about our minds that comes under the form of a paradox. By recognizing the lack of control over our minds, one simultaneously gains greater control over it. It works a bit like reverse psychology. The less you appear to want something, the higher the chances of you getting it. So let's explore this further. By simply observing mental processes, rather than being absorbed by them, and recognizing their presence non-judgmentally, so without resisting them, well, something quite magical happens. They lose their grip on you. What's happening is that you've just created a distance between you and the movie that is rolling in front of your eyes. It is as if for the first time you've discovered the pause button for the movie of your life. Or to continue with the movie metaphor, you've realized that rather than having to be immersed in the horror movie, let's say, you can step back to be a spectator, only watching it. Another metaphor I find particularly useful is you sitting in your car caught in traffic. By recognizing your lack of control and being the observer, it is as if for the first time you saw what the traffic looked like from the view of a helicopter above. From up there, you can now see the true fleeting nature of emotions as simple appearances in consciousness like the cars below just passing by. And since you're now no longer blocking the highway, the cars can now move again and go where they need to go without a disturbance. What this car analogy shows us is that, one, the truth is that most of the time we stand in our own way more than anyone or anything else. And number two, by ceasing to identify with mental events, we can step out of our own way and actually influence our own minds. And in case you haven't noticed, this is exactly what we do when we meditate. By directing attention to our inner world and identifying our thoughts and emotions, we transition from actors to observers who can let go of destructive emotions by simply letting them be. We all know that rather than pouring oil on a fire, one way a flame extinguishes itself is if there's no oxygen to support it. So by ceasing to be so deeply entrenched in the movies of our existence, and blow more oxygen into the fire, the fire will grow smaller and smaller by itself until it grows the size of a candle that you no longer need to fear and can gently observe. While of course all of this involves practice, there's a third step to be taken. Only once the flame has become a candle does one have the space to decide what to replace the flame with. In other words, purposefully evoking more constructive emotions. A necessary caveat here is that it's true that it's not always necessary to constantly be an observer. It is not necessary at all times to be mindful. When, for instance, enjoying a conversation with a friend or deeply focused on a task, it isn't always necessary to interrupt the moment to wonder how to better the situation. In other words, when the situation need not be bettered, there is no need for interruption. 
and this admittedly also counts for certain so-called negative emotions. Every emotion has its purpose, and for instance feelings of sadness and crying can be deeply therapeutic. Even anger in certain situations could provide a much-needed energy boost to rectify a situation. Stress in small doses also plays a role when quick action is necessary. However, let's be real. We know very well that in most cases, we would be better off not being consumed by stress, anxiety, anger, or even frustration. Most situations would greatly benefit from a calmer and more dispossessed state. Bearing this nuance in mind, let's return to the recognition of us standing in our own way. Really, the trick of getting past yourself is to watch yourself. When you become curious of the texture of what you're feeling, more than actually utilizing the feeling, that's what Buddhists call detachment. You can decide when to detach from your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, by observing them and acknowledging their presence. And this is where a fundamental insight on your sense of self is to be found. When observing, and this time turning your attention to your sense of self, your ego, your sense of I, in a sense you get to finally meet yourself. By staring at yourself, essentially, you can stop being your worst enemy and can actually befriend yourself for the first time. What this means is that this vision that most of us have of a unified self can be recognized to be illusory. And this is what Buddhists mean by saying the self is an illusion. The ego is a show that we put up with, but by paying close enough attention, the spell can be broken. But the truth is that it takes practice to realize, and most people are so deep in their roles or characters that it's difficult to recognize the mask as a mask. This is usually the part that most beginners have trouble with and actively protest, and that's totally understandable. No one likes being told they're fake or putting up a show. So if this hurts your ego, then maybe pay closer attention to that feeling. Is this actually hurting you, or is it hurting your role? In any case, the self as an illusion can be explained in a million different ways. If it isn't experienced in practice, serves no other purpose but to maybe freak out people at a dinner party. A last clarification is that the shedding of the self doesn't mean you no longer can put the mask on. As I said it is not necessary to always be mindful, but it does give you this freedom to take it off. If you enjoyed listening to this episode or found it useful, then please share it with a friend. If you're interested in knowing more about the podcast or other projects undertaken by the Center for Innovation at Leiden University, then you can find us under Center for Innovation with the number four in it.org. So centerforinnovation.org. See you in the next episode of a very mindful podcast.